everyone, welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia, or apparently people call me Sia a lot too. I'm also known as Kim Chi on the stage. I am a stripper, a digital content creator, and former sugar baby based in Vancouver, Canada, where this podcast is recording from currently. And I am recording this episode, which is going to be a little bit of a different take because as you know, and if you have been listening for a while, or maybe this is your first episode tuning in, I pretty much cover everything and all things that relates to the sex industry, to sex workers, to the kind of work we do, and basically with an aim to destigmatize because our work is highly stigmatized and criminalized. I do my best in terms of like trying to educate people and bring new fresh topics every single week. So this episode is a little bit different as I mentioned just now because I'm flipping it a little bit in terms of bringing a client onto the show. And I want to say like it's been a while since I've bought, bought, it's been a while since I've brought a client perspective onto the show and specifically I want to bring a client on to speak about a very highly requested topic that gets so many questions and there's a lot of curiosity on and it's all about client provider relationships and yes I'm talking about romantic relationships I'm also talking about friendships we're gonna be talking about you know feeling manipulative feeling exploited all certain circumstances that you can think of when it comes to you know crossing that boundary and crossing into that territory from both the client and a provider perspective so joining me today is a fellow fan um, and listener as well as a client who is going by the name of drew who is going to be sharing some of his experiences with service providers and I'm really, really excited to bring him onto the show today because we've had some amazing chats on, on Twitter and various social media platforms. And I really enjoy his perspective. So I really hope that you can have an open ear and open mind in welcoming Drew onto the show. Drew, are you there? Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Steph. Yeah, it's... Um... It's great being on here. It's an honor, and um, I'm really a big fan of the show. Yeah. Yay! That makes me feel so good. <laughs> like, <laughs> thank you so much. It's also my honor to bring you onto the show, and I'm super stoked to hear your perspective, your experiences, and your own story to you know, like how that contributes to the sex worker community. Because without clients, uh, we wouldn't exist. <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank you in advance. <laughs> I feel like I gave you a really, really long-winded introduction there, but I don't know too much about you. So in order to get the audience to get to know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of like who you are, what it is that you do, um, in your own words and on your own terms, and go. Hi, my name is Joe, and um, I'm of... Asian descent and I'm in like my late 20s mm-hmm. in terms of um, work and stuff I just do random things but yeah uh, I think some kind of unique thing about me is like I grew up 
in like a religious um, institution, like kind of like for oh. like 10 years about my teens and my early adult. Oh. Like, so yeah, it's quite, um, it's quite an experience coming out like to the real world and like, like I'm already like kind of an introvert and um, shy, so mm -hmm. That's why I, I haven't met like lots of people. That's maybe that's kind of why I like led into like the um, um, escorting or companionship is because uh, maybe one of those reasons. Yeah, totally. Uh, that's kind of the little introduction for me. That's really cool. Thank you so much for sharing. And don't don't feel shy. <laughs> We're just having a conversation today, and <laughs> I already think you're super interesting. Can you tell tell me a little bit about this religious institution that you're part of? You don't have to name it um, per se, but what was that like? And ten years of your life, like that's pretty significant. And you said you're you're in your late twenties, so that's like that can be like you know, almost like a third of your life. So did you want to share a little bit about that? Um, yeah, well, like my parents and stuff were pretty like religious and stuff. Well, during that time, I think it was like someone like the parents um, in the community that they thought that because they didn't want their kids to like um, influence from bad things. So apparently the next best thing was to bring them in like in the a monastery so they could be raised up in that setting oh so, wow yeah so that's where i was for a lot like until i was like um 18 or so so yeah wow. around a, a decade yeah yeah that's incredible and without yeah. just like teaching like christian values or like what did you learn there? Like, I, under, I understand there's like a lot of different like youth groups that coincide with different religions and stuff. So like, yeah. I'm just curious to see how this one. Um, this one was, was. a Buddhist um, mm. monastery. So okay. the thing was like, you, you like wake up at like three o'clock to chant. There's a lot of chanting and you learn about like the, the text and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was, actually like uh, becoming like a monk or an office monk so oh yeah. wow not not just like a regular they would call lay person oh my so, gosh yeah. wow and yeah. you decided to leave at 18 or is it something that you grew out of or like what caused yeah. you to leave yeah i just really didn't i didn't really like it anymore or something mm -hmm. um yeah there was just so much stuff about it that as I grew older, I didn't, um, it wasn't like, um, didn't fit with how I wanted to like live anymore. So yeah, totally. Like it, it yeah. didn't really like align with who you were. Like, I mean, and as you're growing and coming into adulthood, you do realize a lot of things and you start questioning things as well. So I'm curious, um, what parts of that did you not agree with? Well, at the time there's like lots of even in like the religious place there's like lots of politics and lots of mm -hmm. like things personal things in there that didn't go well and also with my family too so mm -hmm. I actually like left from that place yeah yeah so yeah it's kind of like that wow yeah yeah, yeah. and that's like basically during like your adolescent years to your through to your teenage years and that's like a big time to be learning about yourself 
too so I can understand you know that can have like a big impact on who you are and how you grew up so that can kind of like shape shape who you are and who you who you want to be so um which kind of brings me into like I I want to know what your introductory point was into getting to know um sex workers in terms of like seeking one out in terms of like companionship and escorts um yeah um that kind of because by myself i'm like kind of like a shy introverted person so Mm -hmm. i would not like meet i don't like go to clubs or i don't go out and meet new people so Mm -hmm. um i actually was first introduced to not like to the full service but like like campsites on um on the internet oh um, yeah 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 my first ex-girlfriend was actually a, a cam girl mm-hmm. so that's the first how i got first introduced into like the adult industry and stuff right and um after that i just like randomly thought like after yeah, i had lots of stuff that after coming out of that relationship that like um so i guess randomly like searched up on um there's the site that's taken down now what it was back page or something yeah back page um, yeah so yeah so i was just like and also at the time i was actually like a, a virgin so i i always had this thought like oh i'm gonna save myself for someone like i love or something but then mm-hmm. after the relationship i was like screw it <laughs> i'm just gonna do whatever so um yeah so that's the like how i uh, first sought out to like the full service um sex wow. worker and oh my gosh okay wow yeah. you, so much information dump okay I, I need to digest all this information this is so exciting so so many questions i'm going to start chronologically so <laughs> i'm like getting so excited so so how did you first stumble upon campsites i mean like you're a teen on the internet or like or maybe like you're in your late teens and you're like oh like how did you how did you figure that out and like did you know anything about campsites before yeah well like in the monastery i didn't like learn about the birds and the bees and stuff so i mean i was just curious so i was searched up like porn stuff Mm -hmm. especially when you're like developing and stuff um Mm -hmm. yeah i so but porn got into like like it got into more it's more like just using like you're yourself you're just watching something like and the campsites is like you have like more like kind of like an interaction totally yeah like you do and like um there's like um there's a feature that you could like cam with the cam girl like you both can see the video and stuff yes and yeah that's um that's kind of how i met the the, my first ex to that (laughs) Ooh, yes. And I know I know you told me the story and I know we're going to definitely get into the story as well. But basically a big question that I want to kind of like marinate for all you listeners out there and also for you, Drew. Um, So basically like the inspo for this episode was not only the questions that people had and like, oh, like, can this can this actually happen? But a big question is like, you know, client provider relationships. Like, do you think this can materialize? Uh, why or why not and like when and how does it go from transactional to romantic so that's kind of like a question we're gonna also touch back on later in the episode but 
I just want everyone to kind of keep that in mind. So, so this is, was this your first relationship? Going back to your story, the cam girl that you had met online, was this your first relationship? Yeah, this was like my first, like, it was like an online long distance relationship. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. And I feel like, I don't know, when I was young, I had internet boyfriends too, and <laughs> I didn't I didn't meet any of them but like you know the era of like chat rooms and like Asian Avenue <laughs> <laughs> I met so many people on there <laughs> and like maybe back then it was kind of taboo to be like oh like I have a boyfriend and he, and he lives in Markham Ontario which is actually true <laughs> and, <laughs> and the internet was a kind of relatively unknown place before and I mean it's still a really really big place and sometimes scary place to be in um, especially nowadays but I feel like like coming to me like my parents didn't really know I, I think like what I was doing on the internet or who I was talking with and stuff like that um, they weren't really aware of that but like they were aware that like hey this person wants to send me a gift and they actually end up sending me like a Hello Kitty plush toy because <laughs> my mom's like, well, get his address, get all this, make sure he's not like some creepy old person. But more or less, like, I mean, you just you just never know who's going to be on the other side of the screen. So I'm curious to, to hear about your relationship with the cam girl and how that developed over time and online, too. Yeah, well, um, it started just like being like mostly like a fan chatting in the room or doing like private video shows mm -hmm. but then we started like talking through snapchat and then there was like a geek app oh yeah K -K um, yeah k-i-k-a something yes yeah um, so <laughs> yeah and it's like um there's like this one time that she told me that um because, you know, you do, like, private shows for the other guys and stuff. So mm -hmm. she was, like, kind of, like, she said she was, like, um, kind of feel bad when she's doing it to other guys because mm. um, she kind of likes me. And that's that's when I said I liked her, too. Aww. And, um, yeah, from that time on, we just, like, we did, like, Skype dates and then messaging back and forth. Yeah. And then, yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of feelings can, can develop online. And, I mean, nowadays, it's definitely not a taboo thing. I mean, you meet people online. There's dating apps. There's lots of, like, dating platforms that, where you can meet people, at least initially, right? So, but also it can be really, really hard to maintain that because when you meet them in person, or if you ever get to that point to meet them in person, they can be something completely different or the chemistry can be off and whatnot but I'm curious like I know that this relationship didn't work out but what caused it to fizzle out I think it's mostly because we were young and then I was like it was like kind of my first relationship and then I was kind of like I don't know needy but not really I was like I just like wanted like just basically like communication but like regular communication but then she's like she's always like saying she's always busy mm. and um we had like some kind of mis misunderstanding started a few times and she like stopped talking to me for like 
like three weeks and oh, then wow. that's when I was like really devastated then yeah and then I was like sorry for like because we had like a scheduled Skype date but then she ended up like not being available but not saying anything at all so um oh, no. but then after that uh yeah it led to like some all kinds of like misunderstanding of like breaking up but then not really breaking up and then mm-hmm. i was supposed to like as she lives in like um in the states like yeah. down in florida and i actually like booked oh my god to go down there but then it, it didn't end up um working out even though i like went down there and then yeah oh no um, i'm so sorry to hear that so yeah that's really tough yeah yeah especially like because she basically like ghosted you so yeah yeah like not giving you any heads up there's no communication there just kind of like poof they vanish and they're out of nowhere and they're nowhere to be seen and that's really really not fair yeah and then when she came back she was like oh i have this gofundme or something yeah back before that i was like totally into it so i was like i never thought anything of it Mm because i would like i would like support her like 100 Mm -hmm. but and now that i look back it was like kind of like whenever like she needed something it was like even with like money or something yeah i was like yeah i didn't realize how like uh, kind of like being manipulated totally but then back then i was like just like i'd I, like i'd like do anything for you so no yeah. totally and that you're not yeah. wrong in that like that is like a you know a lot of people when they come into relationships and you're really really you know infatuated with someone you know the saying love you on rose you're seeing things through like rose-colored glasses you might not be able to see all the red flags or like the surefire signs that like hey like i this is becoming a pattern right so yeah it can be really really difficult to to navigate that when emotions are involved right so i mean in retrospect looking looking back on that now are you able to clearly see that there were red flags Yeah, I could now see it. I mean, even I mean, even during the relationship, because I'm really close to my best friend. He's like telling me stuff, but then I would like not listen at all, which is I was so like, um, like uh, stubborn. Yeah, I was stubborn. <laughs> I could not see anything else. So yeah, but all in all, it's like it was like a I guess it was a good learning lesson, and even though it ended badly, but then. Yeah, I learned a lot from, like, because it was, like, my first relationship and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many firsts for you. I mean, that leads into kind of more into you dabbling with uh, full-service sex workers. As you also mentioned you were a virgin at the time as well. So I guess after the breakup, if I'm getting this correctly, after the breakup, you were devastated, and then you sought out um a companion on Backpage. yeah yeah Probably like a, a year or a year and a half later i was like sought out a companion on Backpage. Mm-hmm. it was supposed to be for like full service or something but then it ended up just being like a massage or something oh yeah <laughs> and uh, also she used like fake pictures and stuff and, oh my gosh no um yeah, I ended up, it was, like, a bad experience, but then I oh, ended up, yeah. like, 
going on to like these review sites and then on to Leo list and then mm-hmm. I found someone that was like uh well reviewed and mm-hmm. we messaged back and forth I told her about my situation and stuff and it's like and she's also the same ethnicity so um, mm. I, I was like a pretty good first time <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's so exciting oh my gosh like I'm sure you were super nervous, <laughs> yeah. but you know what? Good for you for getting a professional yeah. to get the job done. So congrats on that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I have a funny story too. And I don't want to detract from the conversation, but like I also lost my virginity to a sex worker too. Not an escort, but a stripper, a male stripper. So <laughs> we have that, we have that in common. <laughs> same industry a little bit different but professionals <laughs> yeah. so how was your first time like was it as amazing as you thought it was going to be i mean sure it was it was probably a lot better than probably uh, someone your age <laughs> and not a professional i'm sure yeah um yeah it was it was okay i mean i mean it was great for the first time but then like um, of course, like performance-wise, or whatever, yeah, like during the first time, it's like yeah. We never. But, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a great first experience. I guess. That's okay. I mean, we we never yeah. know what we're doing when it's your first yeah. time. We're just like, okay, I think this is how it works, and then you just kind of figure it out from there. So, I'm sure yeah. you had a really great teacher. <laughs> yeah. Was this the one that you told me on Twitter that you kind of fell into a relationship with? later as well or is that somebody else um that was like later on okay another one from an an agency Um, Mm. the one that i saw like the first time was just like an independent girl Mm. right yeah right okay wow there's so many things here and we can save the other story for later on the episode and i'm so glad you have multiple stories like (laughs) (laughs) it's incredible not everyone has an opportunity so i i'm just really like enamored by this because it's so like refreshing and like nice to hear this um this youthfulness and this naivete that comes with you know it's your first time or it's like your first experience um not just for sex but like just diving into relationships like all of these things are are really 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 intimate and sex workers can do a really really great job in making people feel comfortable you know, in terms of being a great host, like that's part of our job, right? So I, I want to ask you, um, what purpose or role do sex workers play for you in your life? Um, it kind of like changes over like over the time. few years that I've been like seeking out companionship and stuff. But like before that, I was mainly like, for physical and mm-hmm. the sexual needs, but now, um, ever since like I've met like have like regulars and stuff, it was mm-hmm. more towards the like companionship and like mm-hmm. the emotional side. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and I feel like a lot of the time, you know, people that aren't in sex work, they often fail to see that super super human side 
of sex workers and like the fact that we yes we do play a role in society and a lot of that is providing companionship whether it's through um you know comforting someone through loneliness or if it's someone that they just want someone else there to kind of like kick it or to accompany them to an event or something or again as you said something that's purely pleasure-based but I feel like sometimes we forget to talk about you know the healing nature of, of sex work and what that can do and like how essential that is for a lot of people who you know are unable to access that in their everyday lives so yeah yeah for sure and like I feel sometimes like people often forget about these roles, these really, really important roles that sex workers play. But I mean, in your in your case, it it was really interesting too. like, you know, not having a, a relationship before and not having that experience before and kind of diving both feet into the deep end (laughs) of things (laughs) in terms of like diving into relationship and stuff like and that stuff's definitely possible too but I also want to speak about um friendships too like do you think that providers and clients can never be friends from my experience um they can be friends and I've also heard and read about lots of stories um yeah, it can be um, more than just like a transactional like relationship, and mm-hmm. I mean we're all humans, right? So yeah, we can, either if it's just like a friendship, or whether it turns, it grows more into like a, um, a romantic relationship. And yeah, I think anything is possible. Absolutely, everything, anything is possible for sure. I just it can be really, really tricky sometimes too because and i i'm gonna get so much flack for this but like honestly when i threw these questions up on my twitter i threw them up on my instagram like it was like totally polarizing narratives so many opinions on this topic yes they can be no they can't be and i am gonna share like a like all of the responses that people sent in because i thought it was super fascinating but like i feel like a lot of the times with friendship it can be really really tricky really tricky like there's such a fine line what do you think about that (laughs) yeah i I think it can be really tricky but um also because when it is like the friendship it stands out of stemmed out of like um like a sexual relationship Mm -hmm. and um i don't know maybe i think more towards the the clients that um maybe trying to like expect something more mm-hmm. but i think from the provider side like like if they could like just make friends without like anything else like mm. yeah yeah <laughs> no no i hear i hear yeah. what you're 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 trying to get to and I, I understand what you're trying to say like it's really hard to and i'm not just talking about like client and provider relationships too but like even in regular relationships, going from, say, like a friends with benefits situation and trying to revert that back into or try to turn that back into like a friend, a friendly relationship, that can be really hard because it's already already that history and that 
yeah, the sexual history, I think, is really, really hard. And then, like, you're, you already feel that gravitational pull, you know? I mean, in sex work relationships, that can sometimes be one-sided, though. <laughs> yeah. More so on the client side. And because sex workers, obviously, like, this is our job. So we treat it as such. And I feel that's where lines can kind of get blurry. And... I always mention roles on this podcast because I think it's really important that people recognize the roles that we play and how we are serving each other. So as a companion or a service provider, a sex worker or whatever you want to call it, like our job is to make your fantasies come true and also to give you the best time of your life and or from whatever it is that we are hired to do. I feel sometimes with clients, like it's sometimes there's that air of entitlement where like, I don't know how to describe it, but they're always wanting more. And I'm not, I'm not trying to generalize, but I hear this a lot. And I also kind of get this a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to elaborate um, from the client side (laughs) of that? (laughs) Yeah, I don't have anything much to say, but yeah, I've, I've read or heard about my most clients uh, like that, kind of like that, <laughs> and then like after a while, even like, or like I've heard, even like li- looking on Twitter from like providers and tweets and stuff, like, yes. like regular clients, like everything's going well, even though for a long time, and then suddenly after that, they like turn their face some somehow like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Like, um oh yeah. <laughs> Isn't this for free or something or something like that kind of yeah. along the lines of that, yeah. Mhm. Yeah, so even you yourself are familiar with that even as a client. Like that yeah. hasn't happened to you personally, but like yeah, like sometimes it just it just comes to a point <laughs> where Clients are like, oh, well, you know, I'm a regular. I've been here a long time. Or maybe their financial situation has changed. Like, I don't actually know. Each, each situation is, like, super and super different, right? Yeah. But, like, there's sometimes just comes to a point, and I hear this so often, where clients will want to work something out with a provider. And not always asking for free hangs, but, like, trying to figure something out out of outside of the arrangement or trying to like ask them for a discount or a lowered rate or something because they quote unquote want to see the real you (laughs) yeah yeah what do you think about that like seeing the quote unquote real person (laughs) I mean yeah it's kind of hard because I mean um, well because basically, like, providers, we're, they're, like, providing a service. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, kind of like a business. You can't, you can't expect to, like, after being a loyal customer or something, suddenly um, <laughs> not paying for <laughs> the product or the service out of the blue or something like that. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It should be, like, the opposite. Like, if you're, like, a loyal customer for a long time, you'd still support the yeah. provider and even more so not not the other way around yeah yeah trying to take advantage or something totally yeah it is kind of like an advantage kind of situation like for example and you kind of 
worded it so eloquently. Like, if you're a regular at, like, a steakhouse or something, and you go there pretty often, you love it there, you're not going to one day just ask for your meal for free, are you? <laughs> like, it, it doesn't really work that way. And, like, I feel sometimes, like, when clients are asking for the free experience versus, like, the paid experience, like, we're getting paid to give you this amazing experience, this fantasy, right? And, like, if you if you want the free experience, like, it's going to be something super mundane. Like, <laughs> like if you, you want to see the real me, <laughs> it's literally me, like, like, farting and, like, making instant noodles and, like, being gross. <laughs> like... I, like, get dolled up, but, like, you know, the person I am at the club is definitely different. Like, I don't wear, like, all this makeup all the time. Like, it's different. Like, personality is more or less the same. But I feel like sometimes people are wanting to see something else that may not be accessible to them. And we we have to have our guards up for a reason, like a safety reason, which also comes into play. And that's, like, a whole other topic, which we won't get into today, but... It's yeah. it's really, really tricky and very, very frustrating, I would say. Um, as a sex worker, you know, clients that I've had and clients often mistaking kindness for friendship. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah like, I don't know, like, I'm generally a very very nice person I'm very patient I will always take time to answer your questions and then sometimes that can be misconstrued as oh my gosh I think she likes me yeah 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 (laughs) and I'm sure you've heard of instances like that before too like and I don't know if it ever works the other way because I I don't want to play double standards but I don't I never hear of any experiences the other way around you know so like why do you think that happens <laughs> if you can provide some insight <laughs> yeah there's like uh, like somebody randomly messaged me like on one of the review boards about like this provider like um, providing like like great services or something mm-hmm. and then it turns out, like, um, it's like she does that to all the guys. I mean, like, oh, like, so yeah. He, he but he thought that it was like, oh, maybe he's like special, special. his looks or something, or yeah, like them or something like that. Yeah, they they end up. It's just like they're just trying to, just like anywhere else. Like they're trying to provide the best service to no matter where the client. I mean if the climate is, like, irrespectable and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I under- I understand that. Like, sometimes yeah. people might think that they're getting special treatment, but maybe that's just, like, their signature move or something. Yeah. <laughs> or their specialty. Like, like their own fun experience or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like, that can be really tricky. And, like, what do you... What's it, what are your thoughts on those review boards? Because I hear great things, I hear bad things, especially on the sex burger side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I first started out, it was okay, but then 
I just mainly looked at it to like find out reviews before like booking with a provider or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then more and more I see like how the guys like rate. Um, it's kind of like kind of degrading it, like how they rate the ladies with numbers or like mm. details and stuff. And I mean now it's kind of better after like. Russia, like probably the Me Too movement or something, but no, mm. yeah, it's still kind of like um, <laughs> I don't know what the word to say about it. Yeah. No, that's okay. Yeah, no, I I get what you're saying. Like what you're saying is like it it's it was pretty bad before, in terms of like the messaging, um, the comments that uh, clients would write down and record and then now i think he said post me too movement not also because like i think just the world nowadays just isn't tolerating that kind of bullshit anymore that <laughs> that um people would hopefully or you'd hope that people would be a bit more respectful i'm hoping that translates <laughs> on <laughs> on the review boards but yeah i know so many so many providers that don't don't like to even utilize or refer or like please don't rate me on this and i i can i I can totally see why because it is your opinion at the end of at the end of it all right yeah yeah i mean like it kind of reminds me of like yelp reviews or google reviews like if, if you're going to like a restaurant or something and then it's like five stars or whatever you think it's great and then there's always that like one person that's like one star and they just write about the most ridiculous story ever and you're like okay this has got to be a one-off like you can't seriously believe this right yeah and i think also the problem i think most providers have is like the not being able to say like talk back or something yeah um Especially, I think most I hear, I like looking on Twitter, like girls that get banned from it, like mods Mm -hmm. um, that have, yeah. But I, yeah, it feels like, I mean, I know the providers are providing a service, but it it feels like um, they're like human after all, right? Yeah. It's not like the, on there, it feels like you're like reviewing some kind of product or something and it literally like dehumanizes um, Mm -hmm. uh, these ladies somehow. That, that's just my thing. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Like, we're, I mean, we're totally objectified. Yeah. And, you know, escorts and companions, um, unfortunately, we can get the really front end of the stick sometimes, which is awful, but it happens. So, and this is why we talk about it on the show. <laughs> so, to shed light to that. But um, I wanted to go into a little bit about... Um, more so into relationships as well so and crossing into that uncharted territory so i know that you also mentioned you you got into another relationship with another provider did you want to speak a little bit about that instance oh yeah um yeah probably like a few years ago um there's this like agency that i i like frequent um, that are like known for like because I'm like also like Canadian born Asian so they mm-hmm. have like um, Canadian born girls there and um, I met this um, provider that 
was also around like my same the same age and ethnicity and um she gave me like her phone number which is not appropriate when you're like working uh, like for an agency <laughs> yeah and yeah well we just like message back and forth it wasn't anything it's mostly small talk and stuff but then um and yeah i saw her a few more times but then uh i at that time i was like trying to like um maybe like take a break from like um seeing providers or something because i like wanted to something more like some something more deeper or something or yeah and um so i like stopped talking to her but then um like like a week later or something she she messaged me mm-hmm. about um like somebody kind of like outed her on the oh. um, on like some kind of sleazy website and then oh, she was no. like she didn't know who to turn to oh my gosh <laughs> and, um, yeah yeah i was like really uh emotional at the time because i was like i really hate like um when those like those guys or whatever do that like kind of slandish things towards providers yeah i saw her a few times and we actually like had like a paid date outside of the agency mm-hmm. and um she like she seemed she made it so like that she said like she didn't have a boyfriend but then if um that's why um i kept on like being in contact and whatever but uh yeah. I later found out that she had a a boyfriend mm. and um yeah it kind of like shocked me a bit yeah uh, but yeah oh i'm sorry yeah that sucks that really sucks too like i, I yeah. i'm all about like you know, creating a narrative, creating a persona and stuff, but I'm not really into like straight up lying. I mean, yeah. I'm not really into that, but I'm, I'm also like, I'm a privileged sex worker where I'm out and I, I can be out. Yeah. So like, I understand on that front, like it might be just easier to make up a story, but that really sucks because then there's people like you that like that get hurt out of that situation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'd rather be, like, up front. It was just, like, friends, it's okay. But then, like, um... Yeah, no, no, I, under- uh, I understand where you're, where you're coming from, totally. Yeah. I mean, given these couple experiences that you've had and, you know, you getting burned from these providers, has this ever changed your opinion on seeing providers or, like, ever caused you to, like, want to take a break or anything like that? Um... Well, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I didn't take much of a break, but then, yeah, to me, it's just, like, bad experiences, like, because, like, to me, whether it's, like, a provider or it's just, like, a random person you meet in life that, like, ends badly or some something happens, it's just, like, um, so it doesn't really make me have, like, a really bad perception. Good. Um, for fighters, yeah. Yeah, I mean, bad more, shit happens everywhere. More so towards like the scams and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another story, and I still have an episode waiting to do on that for scams as well, because that's a whole 
another topic, a whole another yeah. episode for sure. And that happens to both clients. It also happens to a lot of us sex workers too. Like sometimes we fall for, for scams as well because people, like scam artists are good at what they do, right? Yeah. So, but we'll save that topic for another time. But yeah, I mean, it just sucks. And as you mentioned, like it just, it's a shitty feeling um, when this kind of stuff happens. And and I'm sorry that happened to you. And it sucks to find out, I mean, the way that you did and, and whatnot. But, like, I'm glad it hasn't, like... I, I'm glad that you haven't just, like, taken your experiences and just... Because, like, it can go the other way where people have a bad experience and then they're just going to, like, shout to the world, you know, blah, blah, blah sucks. Or, you know, then their whole opinion and their perspective changes and, like, their whole tune changes. And that doesn't sound like what that's what's happening to you, so... I'm so glad you're you're a smart, critical thinker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes um, we yeah, take one well, bad apple. For me, um, when the things happen, I, I kind of like, I kind of like self-blame more. Oh. Even though whether whether or not it's like my fault or not, I oh. usually like, uh, like someone who oversays sorry or something. But then, yeah, when I found out about the stuff, like I... Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't pleasant news, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When when I was like told the truth and stuff, it was like it was like kind of like a relief, and I didn't like go straight into like the self doubt and self blame. Good. The dark mood or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And yeah. I think that just is like how telling of like how you yourself are you know growing as a person, as well. You know how you're yeah. changing and you're you're beginning to see those signs and like you're just growing up and not taking shit. So, <laughs> which, which is great. <laughs> and like I'm I'm really glad you were able to share these experiences because it just shows anything can happen. I'm not trying. This episode is not like the point of the episode is not to like give hope to anyone. This is not the point of the episode. I'm just trying to illustrate different points that this can happen. On, on different fronts because I feel like a lot of people are curious to see like is this actually a possibility and I am I'm not discounting your experience because your your lived experience is completely valid and I know there's gonna be people and naysayers out there they're like well you were just in an online relationship and yada yada and like maybe that wasn't a real relationship or whatever but I still think it definitely is at least in well, from what you shared with me like definitely counts so I know that I know there's going to be some person that's going to say like well that doesn't count I'm like well no (laughs) we had to discount that but I did want to include a lot of other stories that people submitted through Twitter and also through Instagram a lot of people were really really opinionated about this and it's like all across the board again there's no right or wrong answer but I'm just wanting to kind of go into a few of these responses and then drew if you wanted to (laughs) if you wanted to chime in (laughs) you're more than welcome to kind of comment on any of them i'm just going to kind of go through them there's quite a bit of it and this is basically replacing the q a that usually happens um (laughs) at the end of the show i didn't want to get too personal with drew so why don't we just go into this q a so basically the question that we were going to be answering was again the question they asked being beginning of the show which is client provider relationships do you think they can materialize 
why or why not uh when and how does it go from transactional to romantic and yeah that's the big question of the day so just a few things here didn't work for me but i feel it can really absolutely happen and that was from a sex worker for me personally i do not allow for any sort of personal relationships with clients i'm very clear that this is a fantasy situation that intermingles with reality for the duration of the session i think it all depends on what both parties need and want that was also from a provider and yeah i mean i i hear i definitely hear where this person is coming from um as we've mentioned many times on the podcast before it's really great to have boundaries and really great to have a strong uh work ethic and some people some people that like they like to work um with these strong boundaries in place so they won't get distracted and they won't like it won't affect their business in any way do you have any thoughts about that drew (laughs) I'm out right now, sorry. No, that's okay. (laughs) It's like a test, skill testing question. (laughs) I'm throwing a lot, um, I'm throwing a lot out there on this episode, but yeah, I mean, like, it's really good to have, like, really, really strong work ethics, I would say, especially, like, when you are basically handling your own business as a provider. So do you think there are certain instances where you can bend that rule? Well, I think it depends all on the provider, right? Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes it could just be strictly like business and like nothing else. No more, no friendship or no like bending any like Mm -hmm. rules that the industry or themselves uh, put out. But yeah, it just depends on, on the person, I guess. Absolutely depends on the person. And also it's like depends like where they are in life like what what kind of life trajectory are you on right now i mean i wouldn't expect generally speaking like people in their 20s like especially especially early 20s if you're in sex work like to be wanting a relationship kind of right away (laughs) but maybe like later in life like around my age around like 30s or like later or whatever it doesn't really matter what age but like you've lived a little bit you had more experience under your belt and maybe that's something that you want to pursue. Options are endless. <laughs> I guess we'll kind of go into more of these responses because they're so fun. I know many gals who have married a client and it works out well. I also know many who have had their lives upheaved and heart and the upheaved and broken hearts. That doesn't make any sense, but upheaved and had their hearts broken, I would say, um, in terms of both sides of the relationship. Humans are complicated and they come with histories and goals. Like any other human in the world, alternative work is challenging. Yes. Hit that one on the head. Alternative work is challenging. I think that's a really, really great point to make because we don't work a regular standard nine to five job. Like we don't have these standard hours. Our work is pretty much out there. Our work is also very physical. Our work is also looked down upon a lot too. So anytime that you are wanting to date someone that maybe isn't, I want to say quote unquote normal (laughs) 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 or like quote unquote typical, then there will be its challenges. And this doesn't only go towards the sex work industry. This can also be applied to musicians, uh, artists, any kind of creative endeavors, entrepreneurs. 
like you can expect that those kind of relationships might take a little bit more work or a little bit more understanding and nourishment. So I'm really glad that person said that because <laughs> it is. <laughs> and it's, it's hard to it's hard to treat like a normal job um, because there are so many extenuating circumstances to the kind of work that we do, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Do you have something to add to that? Oh, no. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> and again, uh, similar to that, someone else um, on Twitter wrote, uh, providers are human beings. Uh, let that sink in for a moment. That statement needs to be made. Society has stigmatized sex workers as being less than. The moment we replace providers with human beings, the question the questions answer themselves. I think that was such a profound answer. And this actually came from one of my OnlyFans fans. And this person, who is also a heterosexual male, just usually provides such great insight. And I think, I think that really, really sums it up well in terms of like how, how I feel about the topic. Because there really isn't any right or wrong answer to this. Like I really think it's like it boils down to we are all human. Yeah. Right? And as as Drew said, as you said earlier, I think it really depends on, on the provider. Um, also depends on timing as well when you meet people. Yeah, yeah. I agree on this on so many, so many levels, which is so great. I love this next answer. <laughs> the answer was, I mean, I married my slave, so I say yes. <laughs> Which I think is great, and I think it's really interesting. And I, I've mentioned this on another ta- on another podcast before, um, because if you haven't listened to my other episodes in uh, terms of slave work and feet fetish work with my former slave, I <laughs> I think that was episode thirty two or something. I'm actually I I ended up dating, and I'm with one of my clients. <laughs> Which is really interesting. So, I mean, anything can really happen. It depends on who you are as a person. It depends on what you both want. And if things align, if it's a good fit, then try it out and see where it goes. And hopefully it doesn't blow up in your face. <laughs> okay, there's a few more, quite a few more. I'm just They're kind of short, so I'm just going to kind of whip through them because I know that Drew has um, the rest of his day that he needs to go through. So... Um, let's whip through this. So I had a client become a friend. It not it did not end well, unfortunately. Wow. <laughs> uh, yes, because I've had it happen to me before more than once. That's another client that submitted that answer. Yes, trust develops. Intimacy can be shared. Your real life, your real self is bare from a client. Let me switch over to sex workers. So again, this is like opposite end of the spectrum here, the one we've been talking about, but... They're literally paying me money to pretend to like them and should know it's nothing more. Really, really sticking to those boundaries, which I totally respect. Um, I have so many clients think that we are in love and that's just because I'm really good at my job. Yeah. Yeah, I totally, I totally get that. I totally get that too. Like we are getting paid for people to to feel comfortable, to feel like... You know, they're the only one in the universe. We get paid to do this kind of stuff. So, yes, I totally understand where this person's coming from. Um, They can, but I think it's really rude for clients to assume that it will happen. 
And this kind of hits it on the head when I was mentioning about the entitlement earlier in the episode. When clients expect that, oh, or, or maybe feel challenged that like, hey, like maybe I can get this girl. Drew, have you ever heard of instances like that as well? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, from my experience, like, I don't, like, come in thinking that I'm going to, like, fall in love and get this girl or something, but then, yeah, but some, never, what happens. Some guys um, do, like, come in yeah. straight like that, straight from the bat, and they, yeah. like, have that in their mind. I'm like, what, who and what planet are you from? <laughs> it's just bizarre to me, but... <laughs> Okay, there's just a few more left here. Uh, We'll just whip through them. So I think there is a lot more emotion and politics involved to have a committed client relationship. Yes, absolutely yes. It definitely goes a lot deeper than the surface level. It goes a lot deeper than transactional level as well. So good things to note here. It's possible, but rarely, almost always, the guy wants the lady to quit. White Knight Syndrome. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I went an entire episode without even talking about this. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how did we not talk about this? Yeah, I think we talked about this in like the DMs. So. Yes. Did you want to elaborate on this? I know you, you said quite a bit in our DMs on Twitter, but I'd love for you to share. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like talking about like things that I've read and like about the relationship either like sometimes you either the, the provider when get she gets into the relationship um like they end up like disappearing and retiring um mm-hmm. entirely or less likely is the, um, the the client is like understanding and lets her um, understanding of her continuing but then yeah mostly likely it's like trying to get them to quit or like getting yes. jealous or something oh yes yeah. Yes. I really hate that. And I think I mentioned to you too, like that, that is something that happened to me before I had dated someone and then they were all supportive about me being a stripper. And then like one of the reasons he broke up with me is because he was uncomfortable with me being a stripper, which never materialized ever in our communication. So I feel like, I feel like I was really blindsided by that and I feel that this happens so much, especially especially to strippers, but especially, I mean, to any kind of sex worker, honestly. Like, guys are just really territorial and can be very possessive in that way and feel threatened. And again, white knight syndrome wanting to quote-unquote save people, save sex workers from this horrible job that we're doing although it makes a ton of money and it's great and we like doing it so (laughs) it's really 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 frustrating to come uh to head with uh relationships and people like that who are really controlling so i'm so shocked that we almost we almost missed that part so thank you listener who contributed that answer And lastly, a trick is a trick is a trick. So, yes, I, I understand that side of the game as well. You know, we're here to do our job. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> but, yeah, as you said, as you have all heard here, like, 
it's really, really competing in terms of like you think it's going to happen and if you want it to allow uh, to allow it to happen. Right. So I would just say uh, my advice for everyone who is wanting to dabble into this, just tread lightly, uh, know what it is that you want, uh, hold your ground and also just communicate your boundaries really, really uh, succinctly and clearly. And I mean, maybe something will happen. You never know. It's not as uncommon as you think. I mean, I know so many people in the kink and fetish community that this often happens, especially in dom sub complexes, which I is really, really interesting, like a pattern that I had noticed. <laughs> it's a trend. I don't know. <laughs> But I mean, it could happen to anyone. And as uh, some of these audience responses mentioned, at the end of the day, we're all humans. So and humans are really complex beings. So we will leave it at that. But um, that does bring us to the end of the show. Thank you so much, Drew, for coming on. I'm not sure if you wanted to be reached out, if you wanted anyone to reach out to you. Did you want to share any of your handles or are you okay today? Yeah, if anybody wants to reach out or talk or anything, I'm open like to pop, talk about whatever. Um, uh, you could reach me at your Asian dude at, on Twitter. Yeah, I'm really thankful for Steph for having me on and creating this safe space for me to share my experiences. And um, this is just like my experience. So um, it's not, and it's not that like you could quote unquote say successful but it's just like um anything can happen out there so um just like follow your heart and be respectful and yeah that's nice i love that i love that but ending the episode on such a good and positive note and thank you so much for sharing your story your your story and your experiences i mean although quote unquote unsuccessful like there was still like a big part of your life and they're completely valid, so I just want you to know that. And I wish you all the best. It was so much fun chatting with you and like getting to know you on the show today. And thank you so much for sharing your experience and your stories uh, with us, with us, with me <laughs> and the audience. Uh, don't forget everyone, it's new episodes every single Sunday. Yes, it's every single Sunday on every single podcast platform out there. Don't forget to like, rate, share, review, and subscribe. And we'll catch everyone in for another episode next week. Thanks, Drew. Thank you. Bye. You're listening to Strip by Sia. Hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia. Artwork by Maria Bellandorama, music by Ted D, and photography by Ian Dabern.